Welcome to The Daily Drive, a podcast from Ford Driving Skills for Life that delves into teen driving safety tips and instruction. This podcast will also highlight community awareness campaign ideas and personal stories of tragedy that have led to advocacy. We'll have conversations with the people who work to keep teens safe on the road every day. People like traffic safety experts, parents, teens, and professional driving instructors. And with that, I'll turn it over to professional race car driver and the lead for Driving Skills for Life driving instructor, Mike Speck. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life and the Ford Motor Company Fund. I am your host, Mike Speck. Look, it's true that at my home base here in Southern California, I don't really have to worry about driving in inclement weather. Uh, Granted, I can head up to the ski slopes, which are a couple hours away, and get my fill of snow there, but driving in snow in LA just doesn't happen. But we do know that up north of us during the winter, winter driving is a a serious thing. Uh, There's no doubt that the amount of snow, the ice, and sometimes just, just rain can be an issue in terms of being safe. So who better to talk to than people who drive in the winter uh, when it's kind of rough? And so we decided to talk to our Ford Driving Skills for Life Canadian team members. Two were on the show. One's been on here before, Quentin Osborne. And uh, we're welcoming today Ralph Stockcheck. And they're both going to talk to us about not just driving tips, but also how to prepare your car and why certain things happen on winter roads that you might not be aware of. That's up next on The Daily Drive. Quentin, Ralph, how are you guys doing? Good day. Doing well. Doing great, Mike. You have to tell you, I miss working with you, and I'm hoping as things progress, I'll be able to make a trip up there. But uh, we need to talk about winter driving and and what some of the issues are. So, Quinn, we've had you on the show before. Let's let's uh, kind of start with you. Um, what are some obvious safety tips uh, that somebody can take in terms of the actual driving dynamic? What makes the most sense if you were to give people some advice? So, I mean, the biggest thing is just to slow down when the roads are wet or covered in snow, your tires just do not have the same capacity to, to turn the car or drop the car. Um, going slow basically reduces the, the amount of workload on those tires and it gives you uh, more freedom to, to stay within your safe boundary. And I guess the other thing, I mean, um, Looking ahead, that, that's the other key thing that we talk about all the time. Scan the road for ahead. You're looking for obstacles on the road. Um, giving yourself more time to deal with what's coming up, right? And uh, more time means more safety. Yeah, for sure. I don't know that everybody looks at it that way. And it almost seems like people rely on their car to do too much at, at times. Ralph, let's kind of pivot uh, to you. Um, in terms of what you could do for the car that would help it to maybe gain some traction in inclement weather? Are there any strategies there? Oh, absolutely, Mike. Um, Your number one 
thing, four, four things are touching the road at, at one given time and it's your tires. So your tires are your biggest um, advantage that you can make when it comes to winter driving. So um, you've got four basic different types of tires. You got your performance tire, then you've got your all season. Now they've come out with uh, a new one that is four seasons, and then you've got your straight winter tire. So each one, each one of those tires is designed differently. Um, the biggest thing is uh, the actual tread pattern, and it also boils down to compounds. So different compounds are apparent in different tires for temperature rating. For instance, your all season only has a compound that's good to about plus 45 degrees Fahrenheit, so about plus seven degrees Celsius. Once it gets colder than that, the compound is not acting the way it should be in cold conditions. So they've come out now with a tire that is four season tire. Now the tread pattern is conducive more of a winter tire, but still that compound is not designed for extreme cold. So in extreme winter driving conditions, what you should be looking for is tires that are rated winter rated tires. And then the compounds really start to act when it gets cold. And what that does is create a better contact because the only thing between you and the road is four tires and friction. So if we don't have that friction, if we don't have that grip, what we call grip, then you're in a position where you're gonna be in some trouble. And sometimes what people do is, if it's a front wheel drive car, I'll put two of those tires on the front and leave the all seasons or the summers on the back. That's a big no-no. Yeah. yeah, because you're gonna get into a push or a loose condition on your car. And so you have not created the best avenue of approach to defend yourself for winter driving that way. Yeah, you want to make sure that you have the same tires on the front and rear so that you have equal equal traction there. Ralph, talk to me about the compounds. What, what do you mean by that? It's the, the actual makeup of the rubber compounds themselves. Are you talking about harder and softer tires in terms of what happens to those compounds when it gets colder? Yeah, absolutely. Your tires are designed for, number one, for, for grip levels, and then they're designed for drivability for uh, road noise, and then also as longevity. How long is the tire gonna last? We don't wanna put on a tire with a compound that is very, very soft, run it in the summertime because the longevity of the tire is gonna be affected. So what happens is, especially in areas uh, in the Northern States and especially up in Canada, uh, we wanna see winter tires for extreme winter driving conditions. And actually up in Canada, there are a couple of places in Canada where it's mandatory that you have to have winter tires. You know, one is in the province of Quebec and then one is in British Columbia when you're crossing mountain passes. Now down in the US, there is no legislation there which dictates that you have to have a winter tire, but the winter tire compound is very, very soft. So if you were to drive that winter tire in the summer, where it's 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit outside temperature, that tire's probably gonna last you about 8,000 to 10,000 miles and it's gonna be right down to the courts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. Let's, uh, let's kind of move in another direction real quick. So, uh, and Ralph, we'll stay with you on this one. So tires are, are one way, but you know, I remember 
man, way back when I actually grew up in upstate New York. And I remember the winters, uh, they would start to put salt, sometimes sand on the roads. So what does that do? What does that do for the roads? Yeah, uh, they work in two different areas, but in conjunction with each other. So uh, if you can remember back to your chemistry class uh, back in junior high, what does salt do to the uh, state of freezing? It lowers yeah. the, the freezing temperature of water. So when you're adding salt on, what you're doing is you are lowering the freezing point. And you can lower that by, you know, several degrees, you know, 10, 12 degrees, you can lower that freezing point. What that does is taking ice and turning it now to liquid, which is in itself a little bit dangerous. We all know what it's like to drive when, you know, the roads are covered in water, but it's better than having them covered in ice. And what the sand does is it's a mixture of it. And some people use a calcium-based compound as well. And the sand acts as a traction inhibitor or traction promoter yeah. for that tire. So yeah, it would I, be like taking your hand, sliding it across glass, or take your hand and slide it across sandpaper. Yeah, you will, you can feel the grip automatically, right? Yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Quentin, I, I want to go back to you now. Um, let's let's talk about the driving dynamic again. So, let's say that you're out there, and you know you have slowed down, uh, but maybe you're not paying attention as much as you should. And for whatever reason, if there's black ice or if there's just a patch of a super slippery area on the road, the car starts to go into uh, a slide. And, and, and we know that the front of the car can slide and the rear of the car can slide. And even though we've touched on this before in daily drive segments, I think it's important to cover this uh, area again. So uh, Quentin, what do you do if you get in over your head and the car starts sliding? Yeah, I mean, it, in the worst of conditions, it's almost inevitable that the, the car will slide at some point. Um, and we can we can break those slides down into two different types of slides. We, we can, I mean, as Ralph mentioned, mentioned the front end of the car sliding. Uh, we call that understeer. And then uh, the back end of the car sliding, what we, what most people think of when they think of spinning out, um, that's that's oversteer. Now, oversteer tends to be what concerns people the most. It tends to put a lot of fear in people. Um, so car manufacturers now have, have tried to engineer cars so that they're not going to oversteer um, very easily. They'll, they'll naturally understeer. Um, so what that means when, when the car is understeering, I mean, you, you're turning the front wheel and the, and the car just is not turning as much as you'd like it to turn. Um, and, the, and the best way to deal with that is, is really just as simple as getting your foot off the gas pedal and waiting for that front axle to find traction again. Um, now, the oversteer, though, I mean, that, that can be a little bit more tricky um, again, you still you still want to get off the gas pedal, um, but then we we want to steer into the skid or or counter steer. There's there's lots of different ways to talk about that steering motion, but the easiest the easiest thing that I guess we found is just um, making sure that drivers are looking where they want the car to go. Um, 
your your hands will naturally follow your eyes and that'll, that'll give you the correct steering input most of the time. Okay. Yeah, that's that's always pretty hard though, isn't it, Quentin? I mean, when when the rear of the car starts sliding, I totally agree. You got to look where you want the car to go, but people tend to look at what they don't want to hit. Is that uh, kind of what you see yeah. in the times that you're coaching? Absolutely. I mean, it's people can be deer in headlights too, right? We we do. We just tend to focus on the danger that's right in front of us, um, and it's. I mean, it's completely understandable. It's a stressful situation. Um, but just just keeping your eyes up, looking where you want the car to go, um, that helps us maintain uh, focus. Um, excuse me, guys. Just helps us, I guess, have proper perspective on where, where the car is actually traveling. Sure. Sure. No, I, I think that's very good advice. And I know. Uh, on our hands-on programs, on the Ford Driving Skills for Life hands-on programs, when we are teaching control of oversteer, I mean, really the easiest way to do it is just to get your student to look down the road, look in the direction they want to go. And again, I think a lot of the, the rest of it comes naturally. Hey, Quentin, I want to stay with you. Let's, let's go to a, another topic. And I remember experiencing this when I was a kid uh, where the, maybe the roads haven't been plowed real well. And now you actually have ruts in the snow. So cars have driven through it previously. There are tracks in the snow, but it'll, it'll actually kind of pull the wheel in one direction or another. Is this something you've experienced before? I know I went through it. And it honestly, it kind of freaked me out the first time. Yeah, it's pretty disconcerting. I mean, what if one side of the car ends up in some slush or some deep snow, then you will. You'll get kind of a braking effect on just the one side of the car. Um, and I mean, that, that can cause a skid as well. I mean, um, that'll cause the car to pitch to one side. Um, so important there, I mean, keep your head up, look, look for those clear patches on the road and, and try and steer to them. And I mean, they're usually out there, um, because cars have traveled the road in front of you and, and cleared their own path. Um, but again, if you do find yourself in stuck in a rut, um, again, just off the gas, steer where you want the car to go and and once you're back in that clear path then it's usually safe to resume okay thanks quinn i appreciate that ralph uh i got another one for you uh let's go back to that tire discussion uh we know there's several different types of tire i think we covered that well uh but i do know in down here in the states they're allowed in in certain states and i know uh, in several areas in Canada, they're allowed. Can you talk about the studs that they put into tires and why a stud does anything for you? I think it would also be good if you could touch on if there are any issues with driving with studs on, let's say, normal roads, you know, when when conditions are good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one option is to actually put the tungsten metal studs and the tire has to be, be designed for that. So they pop into little pockets that are already preformed in the tire. And a studded tire works excellent uh, for icy conditions so or heavy snow conditions. So anywhere where you're trying to gain some traction on an icy surface, surface the best way is by creating cleats. Uh, cleats are tiny little studs that uh, bite into the ice. Um, they're very, very effective. Uh, again, a tire only does one good thing well. It goes in a straight line well when it's braking and when it's accelerating, 
but when you throw a turn or a curve in there, tires do not do two things well. So uh, what happens with a studded tire is sometimes it's great on the icy conditions, but if you're not driving on icy conditions and everyone has experienced it, you can drive a few miles, you're in an icy black ice, uh, icy condition, then all of a sudden you're in a dry patch area. So people have to be cognizant that studded tires actually on dry pavement reduce traction because <clears throat> if a steel tire was that great, we'd be, all be running on steel tires. It doesn't work that way. So you're actually creating a surface area of steel onto that icy patch. So sometimes, yes, it can be a huge benefit, but again, some of your braking, some of your acceleration, some of your cornering abilities with a studded tire on dry pavement is actually diminished somewhat. And there are uh, states that allow it, and then there's states that don't. And obvious states would be Hawaii, Florida, you know, there's, uh, I've got a list here, Minnesota, you know, is, is uh, studded tires are prohibited even there. So it, you have to check with your local authorities and when you purchase those tires to make sure that uh, you're not breaking any rules or regs or, you know, statutes that you have. Quinn, I, I want to go back uh, to you on this real quick. Um, I've noticed signs before, you know, because we Obviously, we do a lot of traveling to get to our Ford Driving Skills for Life hands-on events, and those travels take us all over the country. I see signs uh, pretty often that say, bridge freezes before road. Uh, why does that happen? Why are there those signs? And what does that mean to you as a driver if you're driving in, in inclement weather? So why, why that happens, um, I mean, if, if you think of a bridge or a lot of the times even an off-ramp, they're above ground. Um, so you get that cold air passing underneath of the bridge. The road then is not insulated like a normal would be by the ground underneath of it. So it will, it will freeze fast. Um, and making matters worth, a lot of the time, um, bridge decks have issues with drainage that aren't normally on, on roads. Um, so you get a little bit of extra water there. It freezes fast, and it can be a very, very slick surface. Um, and, I mean, compounding that, even a lot of the time, um, particularly an on or an off ramp, you're coming off of a freeway or a highway at high speeds. You need to be turning the car. You need to be slowing it down. Um, so, I mean, two things happening at once, as Ralph said, the tires don't like to do that. There's less grip on the road. Um, it is a recipe for for a little bit of trouble. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what you need to do, again, be, be slowing the car down, looking ahead, seeing that you need to make a turn. The road might be a little bit glassy looking. Um, kill your speed early and uh, safely navigate that off ramp or that or that bridge. I was watching some YouTube videos on uh, winter bridge uh, vehicle crashes, and uh, you could see the vehicles turning on the road that was on the ground. And then that, that same vehicle in the same arc of turn, as soon as it got onto the bridge, it, the vehicle stopped turning. Uh, I assume that there was ice on that bridge. The vehicle went straight and hit the guardrail on the bridge and I shouldn't say the vehicle, there were several instances yeah, yeah. of it happening and it looked like it caught people out 
pretty well and, and you get you get expansion joints there too right so there's there can be bumps in the road that uh, upset the tire and maybe even get you airborne or not quite right they're unweighting the tire and um yeah it, it can be big trouble yeah i don't know that people always realize that too quentin that's that's some good input when we unweight that tire it just reduces how much traction it potentially can generate ralph uh, i want to go back to you um how do you go about winterizing a vehicle? We looked at the tires, uh, but there got to be some other things uh, that, that you need to do to prepare for winter trips. Can you uh, give us an idea of that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, number one is your cooling and heating system, right? Because in the summertime, when it's warm, your cooling system there is to keep that car cool. In the wintertime, you're going to need some of that heat to run your defrost and, and uh, heat the vehicle itself. So number one, you've got to make sure that your vehicle, when it gets cold, is going to be able to handle that diminished, you know, uh, cooling or that diminished heat portion of it. You got to retain some heat into that motor vehicle. And so uh, new cars are pretty good right now, Mike. Uh, in the old days, <laughs> back, in, back in the old days, we had to change out what was called the thermostat for the engine, right? Um, now, a lot of that stuff is electronically controlled. So as it gets colder, the engine shuts off the amount of water going to the radiator, which is your main cooling section. So it keeps and retains heat, but you've got to keep number one, you've got to keep your dash clear. You've got uh, defrost vents. Every car has that. It doesn't matter if it's in Florida or if it doesn't matter if it's in Canada. So you've got to keep those items clear of debris. So number one is make sure that your fan works because you're probably gonna to have to have increased airflow within that motor vehicle to defrost those front and side windshields. And also a lot of vehicles come with a rear defrost. But again, you've got to clean your vehicle off if it's been outside and it's covered in snow. If you leave that snow on the hood and you just scrape the windows, once you get mobile, the arrow ends up taking all of that snow and dumping it right on that clean windshield. Now, all of a sudden, you're doing 55 miles an hour down the interstate and you can't see anything. So the front of the car has got to be cleaned off the roof, the windows scraped, and that means side windows too. You know, all your side, you've got your rear view mirrors that you have to look out. You know, when you're doing shoulder checks or you're doing a, a mirror check, you got to make sure that all of those are clear. So there is a little bit of work involved you know to ensure that your vehicle is number one up to stuff besides the tires and uh, to make sure that that vehicle is capable and driving in colder conditions so i've got another one for you ralph because i yeah. i know you've spent uh, a lot of time uh, in law enforcement um yes. let's say that we're trying to do everything right but something happens for whatever reason and we know that the circumstances can be wide and varied but you're stuck and you're stuck somewhere uh you're off the side of the road stranded it's a big snowstorm can you give us some ideas of some do's and don'ts in scenarios like that and again look ralph there's there, there's probably no tried and true absolute here no. because the circumstances can vary so much but can you give us uh, you know you're a newly licensed driver let's say and this happens to you and you're you're scared. Um, what what are some do's and don'ts there? Yeah, and with 
with setting up all the precautions doesn't mean that you're going to have a safe trip from A to B. You're 100% correct. Um, and spending 25 years in law enforcement, I think I've just about seen everything that I can uh, when it comes uh, to issues out, out on the streets. Number one is always let people know where you're going so that if you don't arrive, that they can start you know, making the calls to see where you're at. Number two, have a cell phone. Everyone has a cell phone. Make sure it's charged. Make sure it's ready to go. There's a couple of things that you can put in your vehicle, and I'm sure Quentin does the same as, as I do. Uh, you never know. You, you could be on an interstate somewhere in a big blizzard, right? You hit the ditch. Number one thing that I would suggest to people is remain in the vehicle. The safest place to be is inside that vehicle. You're in a cocoon, leave your seatbelt done up. If you're going to be there and you're stranded, the number one thing is to have a little emergency kit. What I put in my emergency kit is a nice warm blanket, extra pair of winter boots, because I may be going to the office and I'm in dress shoes or your significant other may be in dress shoes as well. Throw an extra set of winter boots in there. What I also do is throw a little snack in there because you may be stranded for a few hours. Uh, something to drink, some water. Uh, I usually throw in a granola bar, a couple of candy bars. Uh, it's instant energy. And if you're going to be stranded out the road, you might as well have a nice snack. The other issue is if you're stuck on the side of the road, you can create an asphyxiation by carbon monoxide in that vehicle if you leave that vehicle running with the windows rolled up. And I've been unfortunate you know, to come across some of those. And what usually happens is, is the tailpipe or the muffler system, the exhaust system is, has not been shoveled clear. So if you can clean or make sure that that exhaust system is breathing out and not you know, covered in snow or jammed against a snowbank or drift and crack your windows and periodically start that vehicle up for a short period of time, shut it off, crack your windows so that you are getting some fresh air. Uh, you could have flares, uh, you could have cones, that kind of thing. So you can go really crazy with uh, an emergency kit. But if you put a few small things in there and then have that cell phone, remain in that vehicle, don't stand outside. Because if you have run off the road and it is an incident where you had no control of, there may be other vehicles in that same vicinity that are going to experience the same type of trouble and plow into you. Safest place to be in the vehicle buckled up. Guys, I really want to uh, thank you for taking some time today to talk to us about about this stuff. Again, look down here in SoCal, we, <laughs> we just don't have to deal with it. But I know that there are lots of parts of the U.S. and, of course, in Canada where they have to deal with that on a daily basis. So hopefully everyone takes this information to heart. Thanks so much for taking the time. Have a good rest of the day, guys. You too. My pleasure, Mike. See ya. Thanks, Mike. So there's some great winter driving tips. Uh, obviously, staying safe on the roads has a lot to do with how you prepare for it. And then uh, what you do behind the wheel, you know, your behavior uh, when you're driving the vehicle. If you don't slow down in inclement weather, you're just setting yourself up for potential problems. I thought that was some really good information. If you want more information, you can go to the Driving Skills for Life website. Pretty easy. It's drivingskillsforlife.com. And uh, there are a series of videos on there that have some, some great ideas on how to be 
a safer driver. All of this is made available free of charge, and it's all available because of the Ford Motor Company Fund, which is Ford's philanthropic arm. So we are very, very happy that we're able to provide this to you. Look, if you're a teenager uh, and you're just learning how to drive, please understand that we're not talking down to you. We're just trying to help. This is Mike Speck for The Daily Drive signing off. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you back here the next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Drive presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Ford Driving Skills for Life and on Instagram and Twitter at Ford DSFL. You can find a video version of this podcast on our Facebook page or on YouTube. We hope you'll tune in again to this podcast for news you can use to keep teen drivers safe on the road.